Welcome to the Data Strategy Gurus Podcast. In this show, we bring together the brightest minds in the world of data strategy, data management, artificial intelligence, and disruptive technologies. Thought leaders and experts share their insights, knowledge, and experience on how to stay ahead of the game in an ever-evolving data landscape. Whether you're a data professional, a business leader, or simply someone who is passionate about the power of data, this podcast is for you. So sit back, relax, and join us on a journey to explore the world of data, analytics, artificial intelligence, tech, and beyond. Hi, and welcome to the Data Strategy Gurus podcast. Uh, Today, we have uh, Axel Schaefer, who's a head of product marketing at Adobe. Uh, Axel, welcome to the show. Good morning, Eve. How are you? Doing fine, doing fine. Uh, Axel, you're the the head of product marketing at Adobe, and your mission is to grow Adobe's customer data applications. Can we dive a bit more into that, Uh, the customer data applications, what it withholds, and uh, what you're exactly doing to make that happen? Sure. So um, my job is basically across EMEA, which is Europe, Middle East, and Africa, to apply the technical technical um, abilities or te- capabilities that we have within Adobe's uh, Experience Platform, which is a new a new technology that we invented about five years ago, which includes solutions for analysis, activation, and distribution of data. Um, underneath, they are sitting various products. Not sure if I need to go into those at this point, but um, I'm basically responsible across the region to make sure that again these these solutions are applied to various industries, various customers, various business models in the right way. Yeah, and yeah. and we know Adobe from a lot of the graphical stuff. Uh, now you're talking about data. So how does that resonate together with the experience platform, as you uh, mentioned? So I think Adobe is in a in a very unique position to have two business areas or two business uh, uh, parts, um, business groups. One of which is the creative side that you just mentioned with Firefly, Creative Cloud, all the solutions that everybody is aware of. And then the second uh, business, which has grown over the last ten years that I've been with with the company, to quite significant size as well, which is the digital marketing business or digital experience business, as we call it today, which involves uh, web analytics. Um, content management, um, campaign management, and so forth and so forth. So the full set of solutions that a marketer needs as well. Those two together, um, again, from my perspective, and clearly I'm biased here, um, uh, work very well together because you bring the creativity uh, that you have, for example, when you create various various versions of a, of a, a campaign with the data side of things, where the data is actually feeding who should you distribute these different versions of a creative to. There's a lot of stuff that I could talk about, but again, <laughs> guess not, not, not part of this, uh, this specific session. Yeah, interesting discussion for me as well uh, to go into that creative part and, and create hyper-personalized uh, campaigns, as, as, as you tell it. Um, yeah, I'm very intrigued into that path, but I wanted to throw it a bit into the combination of your into corporates and where do you see all the digital and the creativity helps as well beyond the corporates a bit more on the, the, the not-for-profit organizations? So over over the years, I've I've seen a lot of you know a lot of different um, possibilities, potentials to apply that. Um, and I'm a creative thinker, if you want, uh, in my data space. And you know, sometimes people are like, "How is that going together?" After all, it's my job, and it, it's my you know my mission. I, I would even say in Adobe, to think about how these these capabilities, which are again very valuable, I believe in general, could be applied to different industries or different you know different situations in life in general. So. Um, if I may, I had an example. I was on a business uh, business mission, business trip uh, to South Africa a few years back. And after my my presentation, 
someone walked up to me and said, I'm not sure if you can help me, but I'm very interested. So he was like, sure, you know, let me know how. Um, and he was, um, I'm from the Salvation Army. And uh, how, could, how could your data solutions help me? And I'm like, well, good point. Give me a second. Because it's not something that I run into every, you know, every, <laughs> every day. That's rather unusual also to have these guys attending and being interested in the, in the data topic so early on. Again, this was a few years back. But um, after all, you know, once I collected my thought, it's like when you think about how organizations, nonprofit organizations are depending on certain donations, on certain people that have a very good will, that have a good cause, no interest for themselves, but for the cause, it's very important for that nonprofit to make sure that they are getting served the right content, the right people. You know, I've donated for, you know, some a village for children, for example, in a certain location that they A, are aware what their money has done, what their donation has done, and B, are served other possibilities how to help even more. So again, you know, that's a very, very positive cause to be very far away from any commercial interest that someone may have. But again, how can I make sure that I break down my customer base and I can identify the people that have been you know, showing interest in X, Y, Z, other, other causes as well? And that, for example, for me, it's a very good, and that's why I remember it as well, very good application where it goes far outside any commercial thinking we're, we're having. And it's a yeah, good thing to, to see that you, know, you can actually change you know, good causes as well, not only the typical commercially driven, driven ones. Yeah, that's that's a real great use case. I wasn't I was when I was listening, I was thinking through a bit on how you say that you can really serve the right content to the people that are already donated. That it's not in a pure in a sense, well, it's commercial, but it's not in, in, in a pure consumption type of way where our, our economies is tooled upon. So that's that's a great uh, way of getting more engagement with digital and uh, with data and, and that's for, for the good cause. So uh, really, really interesting. Where where do you see it's now going with with the third party uh, third party cookies going away and first party data? Everybody tries to to get their own insights on the data and get uh, those the demographics together. How does a platform like like uh, Adobe, uh, the experience platform, help in that way? So, experience platform um, just as a background has been created again. Um, I believe five years ago at least, uh, if not six. Um, so we've been thinking about how we can approach the next level of customer expectations in early, very early, very early um, stage. So when other people are just still pulling together their solution, we thought about how can we make sure that the expectation of tomorrow, which is the expectation of today now, um, as in getting information served on, in real time can be, can be fulfilled and can be applied. So when we think about um, the third party to first party cookie um, dynamic, um, and we did not see that coming at that point, I have to, <laughs> have to be honest on that. Um, we still thought about how can we make sure that this the future is set on a high level of control within the organization? How can you as an organization, commercial or non-commercial, be the owner of your own data? Uh, so other, other you know, companies on the market um, are very much basing their business models on owning that data and you know keeping it within their walled gardens. Adobe has very early um, taken a different route and, and thought about how can you make sure, make sure that that's very much in the control of of um, of the organizations themselves. So, for example, we started an initiative together with Microsoft um, and an SAP 2018, which was the Open Data Initiative, uh, which is based on a standardized open data model. Um, which again is, you know, I think first foremost uh, for for the for the benefit of an organization to have 
flexibility on how they apply um, different solutions to that standardized data model. So I think that is that is very much the core of, of how we're thinking. Then when we think about first-party cookies, all the solutions that we have in place now are targeted on how can I make sure that I can get information from different sources, data sources um, together and create a so-called profile. Yeah? So basically bits of information that are fed together in one profile that's then with all data governance and privacy regulations in, in mind, put together to something that can still be used to personalize. However, you know, you know, I'm, I'm not speaking any, any super hot news. We will have a change of how you can personalize, how you can make sure that the customers are still able to be you know, identified and, and, and serve the right content or offers uh, going forward. That's, a, you know, that's just a, a truth that we all need to be aware of. And that's in a lot of organizations, a big challenge still because they're not organizationally, not technically as well, but also from an organizational perspective, not set up in a way where they have thought through that to full, to the full extent. So it's change management after all. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's great words. So if I can recap a bit, it's traceability, transparency, governance. And in fact, if you can integrate all of that together, that, that pinpoints, in fact, how you can get access to that data. Now we're saying it's, it's moving from third party to first party. But if I have the feeling when you're telling me this, that, that no matter where the data comes from, if we apply all those four, um, topics, then we're in good shape and everybody knows what happens to their data, where it's going, who's using that. And uh, whereas now processes are not uh, constructed or created to facilitate that within organizations because we were used to, to, to live within the walls of the corporates. So that's a, a big mind change uh, for a lot of corporations and for people sharing all that information you see in the B2C. Nobody really cares in a certain way by sharing their digital footprint on Instagram, on Facebook, uh, as long as it serves them in a certain way. Um, and, and, and that's, I think it's an ethical discussion, like you say, where we are uh, going. Absolutely. I mean, with, with that comes a lot of responsibility. And again, you know, it, it's an, from a technology vendor perspective, it's like, how do we offer ethically, you know, certain, you know, certain, certain capabilities, capabilities that we're, that we are providing. Give you an example uh, for that as well in a second. But also on an organizational side, as in how can I make sure that customers trust me with their data going forward? And after all, this is all a change of relationship between between consumers and organizations. That that's the whole the whole point. That's why regulators are pushing very hard on on their side. But in the end, it's up to us to embrace that change. To be honest, if we are ready for this, then no regulation will ever get us into into any trouble, into any stress, because we are prepared. And that is what we're aiming for. You know, you need to be ready. Adobe is, is you know, is, is, is providing that by a principle that we call privacy by design, as in all of our of our new capabilities are reviewed by how can we make sure that it serves the the uh, the customer's rights or the customer's consent in, in a good way. Um, but yeah, I, I agree with you. You know, it's 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 a matter of, of you know how can we make sure that we respect each other more than than anything else. Yeah, I think that's that's a good uh, takeaway on, on on that where you say we need to be ready before regulation step in and then force us to uh, push us a bit back and delay uh, all the creativity and all the development uh, on top of of what is possible with data. Recently, had that same type of discussion uh, on on. Um, artificial intelligence models where we are, are in that same type of discussion where you have the feeling that the regulators need to uh, mandate all, all the 
all the models and all the algorithms that will be uh, will be created. So that's that's a hefty discussion. So definitely a big change of mind on on that. When we talk about all these changes, do you think that marketers will have a harder job on accessing all that data to create campaigns in the future? Yes and no. Yeah, from from one <laughs> side, of course, they they need to think about how you know how how to respect how to make sure that you get the customers on board to be able to market to them in the first place so i think it's a lot again to the point of transparency and very open communication and that starts with you know when they give their consent you know why what i what am i giving my consent to and why should i give that to you you know when i when i read through the consent banners that i get and it only says marketing cookies that's not necessarily appealing if that would be personalization so we can serve you only the products that were relevant for you and that's just a you know that's a change of two sentences in a writing you know that that's popping up in front of someone that makes a major difference because marketing cookies that's for your benefit that's not for my benefit whatsoever um so it starts there so you know to get people on board and to get people you know ready for the campaigns is probably the the hard part um to be honest I think where it gets exciting for marketers as well is then what you can do with it. Um, so, you know, we, we, you've spoken about, you know, AI models, uh, generative AI, you know, has been, you know, in everybody's, everybody's ears. So when you think about what you can do in the next months, even, yeah, I would say there's a lot of, a lot of fast pace going where you can then use language or text to create a question on data specifically and can say, you know, show me all segments that could be fitting you know, these criteria and it in real time creates you segments that would have taken you days, if not weeks to create manually clicking together, stitching together and AI in the background is trained so well to combine that and provide you with a new dashboard, for example, that has all, you know, the information mapped out and ready for you to then execute a campaign. That's probably where you can have a lot more fun creating campaigns because you can create a lot of thoughts very very easily that would have just been too difficult to 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 fix or to to construct together in, in the past so i think both both is you know it's it's a it's it's a challenging future but on the other side it's a very exciting one i have to say yeah i couldn't agree more i have that those type of discussions as well and yesterday i was making the remark on somebody that showed me that they finally integrated chat gpt into their uh data discovery tool and and i was talking last week as well to another vendor uh, that implemented it and I, I was joking on finally it's it's following me on the speed of my mind so i can give these questions and turn around and that's where the creativity and the data comes together so that's that's for, for me as well as as being a data nerd on one hand but on the other hand being creative as as well and combining that that's the is going to be well i hope it's a good, it's going to create some some nice campaigns as well uh, and the testing what we can do uh, in 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 uh, that way so Will the creativity needed to find these demographical data and constraints apply uh, applied due to regulations improve our experience as a as a customer uh, or just the opposite? What, what do you think where that is going? So you know when when you, when you think about um, when you think about how how you can get data together, I, th I think it's more than ever a question of how can I a collect data myself from a first party perspective so I can how can I work directly with uh, with with my with my customers to supply that to to you on the other side I think the idea of sharing data with with trusted partners is becoming 
essentially important to to uh, organizations. So you know if you're 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 a big customer of another vendor who's got customer direct to customer communication, for example, there's a a huge benefit um, to, to share data with each other again based on the consent that someone has given is if it can be shared. Or if you think about a specific um, uh, specific target audience, you know, I, I made an example recently about luxury segments. It's just very far off, but um, very very transparent. Why not thinking about a similar target group of very you know very well off people? Or could be you know could be I can make a lot of examples, but you know that in that case it made a lot of sense. It was very obvious between fashion and, for example, luxury cars. If you combine those two, those are very much the same people that would be into the same thing, um, and you can market those without having a you know competitive overlap with each other. And the experience for that specific target group would be much more impactful because it was a great campaign, of potentially an offline great event that you can market to those. And again, the same would work for for nonprofit. Yeah, if you can make an experience between different nonprofit courses that are not competing necessarily for the same for the same course, but complementary courses, um, that's a great thing, and that's much more memorable because we need to get ourselves out of our individual lens. That's just literally in their life, very very small, well, smaller, um, and and bring the different interests that they have together in 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 one, and then they remember the campaign, the event, whatever. For a much longer time, and say, remember back then that was such a great event. I made such, you know, I got such a good experience in whichever way that that could be. Yeah, the the complementary part uh, that's that's uh, very intriguing. Where I think uh, about breaking down the silos, it's not across organizations, but even within an organization. Where I hope that will bring as well the possibility to tie together all the different uh, and various departments within an organization. Uh, but by having those uh, uh, insights not being competitive, but like you say, complementary, uh, that's that's the big gain where we will get with the models, uh, with data, and bringing that all together into. Uh, one platform then and I, I think that there's there's also not not any not any other options you know I, mean, I talk a lot to customers you know we can very quickly sense um, if there's like uh, you know difference in, in in view between different departments you know the web the website team and you know, the email team in the end we have to accept that the customer does not really make a difference we are the one brand and if he doesn't get the one brand experience it's bad for everyone because in the end at some point we all going to be measured in some way on the bottom line. And if it breaks off early in the process of communication, that's bad, but it also is really bad if it breaks off in the last step. So there's no better or worse. I think we just have to accept that the customers are making the call, you know, they're removing their consent because anywhere in the, in the, in the process, we have not respected be that frequency of email or be that how pushy we're doing a retargeting from the website. You know, it can be so many things. We need to be really connected all through the organization to make sure that the core principles of respect of, you know, of, of privacy are, are in place and, and we can adhere to those. Otherwise, um, yeah, a customer will call us out. Yeah, so we will uh, experience less spammy type of campaigns all the time uh, because they're better aligned if I'm uh, following what you're saying. From a technology perspective, 100%, we can absolutely, you know, do that to the level that you as an organization want. Again, organizations have to change their view from how, how much do I want to push? You know, there's still brands that I sign up for. And after I sign up, I get a daily email every day. And I'm like, this is not, this is not, this is not the relationship I agreed to. You know, I, I'm interested in your brand, but I'm not that interested in your brand. So, 
it's really about, you know, again, you know, we, we come back to ethics, you know, it's, it's how, how do I want to be treated and how much are you listening to how, how I want to be treated? You know, and if you create a consent banner and I say, you know, call me for this, call me for that. If you don't want me to go to a level, only contact me twice a year on that, which will you know eventually be a possibility technically to, to do, then just make it reasonable. And we all, you know, there's the, the best practice, you know, don't send an email more frequently than every seven days, whatnot. It's all there. It's it's really about how is it how is it applied from an organizational perspective and how can we hold back on our personal individual goals of I need to make KPI you know, X, Y, Z of, you know, another campaign sent out, whatnot happened today or can actually wait for next week and maybe it's going to be more successful. Yeah, exactly. It's it's uh, really uh, treating you on a personalized way, how you want to be treated. I think that's, that's a big mind shift for uh, a lot of our organizations. If I see how you run uh, campaigns, the tools don't, don't allow you to do that on that level where you say one person only wants to have the newsletter once a day, the other one uh, once a month type of thing, and, and then creating that value. And that's still a hard uh, thing to get that right uh, for, for the time being with, with the current existing tools as such. I think we need to talk a bit more about the capabilities of the Adobe platform as well, uh, but, but very intriguing uh, discussion. So Axel, um, data connects us all, but music connects us all as, as well. What is your favorite type of music or favorite band? I'm very open, you know, with, with my job, with, with my personal life as well. I'm, I'm very open to, to learn more, to, to see new things. Um, so my, my music taste is, is, is very diverse as well. I used to be very into one area of music when I was younger, but I'm very open, actually. You know, as long as I can, and that might sound funny, but as long as I can immerse myself, as, as, as long as I can feel the music, I can get into a lot of different styles. I've had very unexpected, you know, co evenings at, at concerts where I didn't even knew, know the band. And I went into it and I was very intrigued. I, I recently listened to a German band called Moite, which is a, a brass orchestra that play techno music. So if, if you want to check it out, very, very different, very cool stuff. So very, very unusual combination. And they're doing world tours there. I think they were in, in the Netherlands just a few days ago. So they're doing... Uh, um, shows all over the place so that, that's one area um, and then there's an experimental group called the Glitch Mob um, which is um, very much electronic music but they like to experiment with you know with different sounds on stage a lot so that's also something very random some people want to <laughs> say maybe but it, it's very very intriguing because you can you can sense how you can really get into a lot of new spectrums of music um, And yeah, get just get the experience out of it. For me, that that's really you know, and I think that's maybe not that I thought about this before, but maybe that's what what a lot of consumers, a lot of people, when they deal with organizations, expect. You know, they they're not having a special specific, but they want to, they just want to be caught in the in the emotion. They want to be caught in the experience. That's where creative and and um, and, uh, and and data come together again. Find the people that are open for certain things, and and just. Give it to them, and they're they're all happy. They don't expect more. They don't. They want. They won't. You know, ask for more. They'll just be immersed. Yeah, I think immerse is, is, is a very nice word, like like you say. I mean, I have a background uh, being a, a DJ and then 
getting into the crowd and feeling that energy. And that's the same way if you're trying to sell to somebody. Sell is always such a negative word in a, in a way, but it's about connecting. It's about feeling the energy and being immersed and then being connected to the brand, if, if you can call it like that. So I think that's that's a nice wrap up for our very intriguing chat we had. Uh, Axel, thanks very much for being on the show. Thanks for your time. And thanks for the nice chat we had. Excellent. Thank you, Eve. Cheers. Thank you for joining us on this awesome podcast. As senior executives, data and analytics architects, and AI professionals, your time is valuable and we appreciate you choosing to hang out with us. If you liked what you heard, please give us a thumbs up, hit the subscribe button, and leave a comment. We love hearing from our audience. Don't forget to spread the word on social media, and let's continue to drive innovation in the industry together. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you on the next episode.